welcome to another edition of the Playing With Power podcast, the issue-by-issue retrospective on Nintendo Power magazine. This episode, we are covering volume 66 from November of 1994 with Donkey Kong Country on the cover. I am your host, Ben, and with me as always is my Canadian co-host, Mike. How's it going, E? And we are unfortunately missing John. He is out today. Uh, But filling in, we have a guest with us. Welcome, Clea Forkert. Hello. Did I say that right? Is it Forkert? Yes, that's, you, you got it perfectly. All right, that's good. Uh, very good. All right. Most people screw it up. So, <laughs> kudos. <laughs> and uh, if for our uh, listeners, just to remind you of where you might have heard that word before, is back in volume 63 from August of 94, we read a letter from a certain Clea Forkert from Kingston, Ontario. And, uh, well, Clea, why don't, why don't you go ahead and, and read us your, your letter, if you don't mind? Yeah, for sure. Um, How old are you even when you wrote this? I was uh, I was fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, wow. so it's um, I guess that would have been grade grade nine or something like that. <laughs> okay, so uh, here we go. Hi, I'm one of your subscribers in Canada, and I just want to say that I love your magazine. I'm a pretty artsy person. I draw, paint, and do other things like that during my spare time. A few Christmases ago, when I got my new Super NES. I was so excited, I decided to make some figures to go beside my Super Ness. I thought it would be cute. Since it was during Christmas, I had lots of free time, so I started to sew a replica of Mario. After I was done, I created a whole clan of replicas of the characters from Super Mario World. Soon I had 14 figures to put beside my Super Ness. Pretty cool, huh? I'm working on a Samus replica right now. And the picture is down there with my patchwork blanket. It's it's awesome. <laughs> no, we were. It was awesome. I mean, we were just floored when we saw this. We're like, oh my gosh, these are great. These are like we buy these. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, um, I guess the the internet didn't really exist for me at that point, and I don't think it did really. What what year was it? Ninety four. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't 94. around. So, so yeah, I think it would yeah, be. I think it would be a year before the intrepid reporters on ABC would tell us what the internet is. <laughs> Exactly, which is is nuts. But, you know, like I didn't have access to what was available in Japan, what was available in the Mm. U.S., and I just really loved Mario. So um, I wanted to make my own toys because I didn't know where else to buy them, basically. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I did. I was obviously – I obviously had a lot of free time on my hands. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, those are really nice looking. So did you continue with the building plushies and uh, I actually I did I did um Star Fox and Slippy and I did a Samus one. Wow. I also did from a uh, Clay Fighter. There was like a Taffy Oh yeah. A Taffy character. <laughs> yeah. And I put like um I put put wires in it so he could bend. So it it mm. turned into a big thing. I I don't know where some of them are now, but uh it was fun, you know, and I loved all these games because I just got so sucked into them. Oh, that's um, Nintendo calling you for copyright infringement. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. But the funny thing is that uh, I remember this woman from Texas called me. She got my name from Nintendo Power and called me and asked me if she could buy some of these. And, you know, I wasn't that old. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't really have patterns for any of them because I just used a glue gun and, like, mm-hmm. you know, I just started cutting out pieces. But... Uh, I, I said, I can't because these are all unique and I don't even know where to start if I needed to make another one, but <laughs> that, that made me really happy. And of course, like seeing this in the issue made me really happy. So 
So were you? Oh. Uh, what was your start with Nintendo? Did you get uh, an NES growing oh, up or no. Atari? Or what would you start with video games, I guess? Um, I, I'd say that video games started uh, on my dad's PC with King's Quest. Um, oh, okay. And there was Heroes Quest somewhere along the line, which I never, I never really finished that one. But I wasn't really like sucked into video games the way I was with the Super NES. Um, mm. I didn't have a Nintendo. I played it at my friend's house, loved it. But Super NES was my first system, and um, Super Mario World was obviously the first game that came with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just, it just made me so obsessed with. Um, with all the the games that Nintendo published, I guess like there was Zelda mm-hmm. and Metroid, and um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, Star Fox as well. I loved all those games so much. So you got the bug, you got the video game bug. Did I did. You, did I did. you did you keep playing video games after the Super NES? Yeah, I mean, I was a very uh, diehard Nintendo girl for a really long time. I had um, a GameCube, and then. Uh, I guess it was the 64, um, the Wii was the last system I had okay. for Nintendo. And then I did the switch over to PlayStation, <laughs> uh, <laughs> PS3. I just, I did it. I finally, finally bit the bullet mm-hmm. and I loved, I just, I'm now, I now have a PS4. Um, mm-hmm. I, ha- I don't really play as much as I used to, mm-hmm. but of course, you know, working and everything, you can't really do that. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, but I'll say, like, it's it's harder to get as sucked into the games nowadays because they're so involving. You mm-hmm. know, they'll they'll be you know, like thirty to sixty hours, some of them. So, whereas Mario was a couple like an hour or two mm-hmm. investments. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so still still playing here and there. Right on. And what about the art? Did you keep on with the with the art? Um, I wouldn't say I did. No. <laughs> well, like I like no no I which is kind of sad. You know, I kind of would love to do something like that you know like when I look at these figurines that people make like um you go to like uh I don't know there's a place called Silver Snail in Toronto that has all these you know action figures and I'm like wow these are great that would have been a, a really cool profession to be a part of hmm. but I never pursued it so you know well, maybe well, one day you can open your time. own Etsy thing and we'll be glad to promote <laughs> yeah. it you could. yeah yeah maybe I'll try one day who knows? We, def- we would definitely love to see that yeah, Santa's well, plush. Maybe, maybe you guys, maybe I'll do it. I'll yeah, have to let you know. Totally. Do I just it. need to figure. I just need to find another game to to do this for. I wouldn't know what that would be. <laughs> well, I guess Mario Odyssey, where you can have the hat with the eyes. Oh noise. yeah, that's true. That you know what? I think I will get a Switch at some point. I mm-hmm. have to say the game's looking incredible. The new Zelda and um, oh, Mario Breath Odyssey. Oh, wild! Looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It John has a switch, but neither of us do. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's so difficult yeah. to find. You know. Yeah, I guess that's true. Eh? I thought we're that waiting. by now it would be better, but we're waiting for that Patreon to uh, really come in, so that <laughs> so that we can afford to get them at scalper prices on eBay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, what do you what do you do today? Anything you want to promote? Um, well, you know, I have my own business, but, uh, I, I do run my own graphic design business and okay. that's my creative outlet. So that's my job. <laughs> oh, where can they find it? Or like, what do um, you like offer well, like ads or. Yeah. I don't even like, I, I'm not really big on advertising my business because, uh, you know, I find that it's like word of mouth, but my website is uh, cleaforkert.com and. 
I specialize in art books and branding and websites. And um, I worked in a studio for about 12 years and went out on my own two years ago. So it's still fairly new for me and I'm still getting a feel for being my own boss and running mm. my own business. Um, but it's very exciting. So. Congratulations. I don't, I don't think I could do yeah. the whole work for yourself kind of thing. I, it's uh, a little weird. <laughs> well, I'd like to be able to just shut off at the end of the day, you yeah, know, and be like sure. not working. For sure, for sure, and that's it, you do get these anxiety attacks in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, oh my, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, where's my money going to come from? Mm-hmm. It's just always in flux. So, that, that's why I do want to work for myself, so I can shut off and just give myself time off whenever. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, yeah, right, that's how it works. to myself. I need to take an off day. Okay, you. <laughs> well, so what do you guys do? I'm just curious. Like, what's for there? a living? I'm, uh, yeah. Oh, for well, I actually. What's funny is I actually started off on the creative side, doing more oh, yeah. website design, web development. Oh, cool. uh, I did a lot of Flash stuff, actually. Oh yeah, um, Flash. And uh, but nowadays, but, the, but then uh, the law caught up to him, and then he had to quit that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, here's the thing: is like a lot of people do it. It's super competitive. It doesn't pay very well, uh, yeah. unfortunately. So I went over to. I moved over to IT, and oh, now yeah, I'm sure. more on the IT management side of things. Wow. Yeah, it's funny. I always thought that web development would be quite uh, lucrative, but if you're um, like a rock star developer, yeah. But if yeah. you're like a just a, a front end type of guy, okay. eh, not really. Right. Right. <laughs> They're like, right. oh well, no, no we, we don't need a custom design. We'll just use a, uh, you know, whatever out of the box template they can find. You know, kind yeah, of stuff. yeah, that's true. I guess that's uh, so available now with Squarespace and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. And as for me, I'm unemployed and looking for work or trying to make this my job. Oh, that's amazing, though. That would be great. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, it's a dream. It's nice to have dreams, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Before I shit all over them. <laughs> no, well, it's like, you know, you see all these people on YouTube and making so much money with game-related stuff. I know. I mean, like... Uh, you kind of wonder sometimes. I keep telling them I don't think a, a Nintendo Power retrospective is going to be is going to be the one that does it for him. I think it's well, too much of a niche <laughs> topic. Well, that's why it's so great. <laughs> but the good news is that all those gamer guys are turning into racist assholes, so I just have to stay still <laughs> and let all the guys in front of me blow themselves up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I will eventually win by default. Yeah, see. see? Just watch everything crash and burn. <laughs> JonTron, PewDiePie... I just yeah, got to wait for the angry video game nerd to start talking about Somalians and then I'm golden. <laughs> but it's true, though. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I will give some props. Mike has started another show, though. He's got a, a, a horror movie podcast going with a, oh, nice. with a friend of ours, Sheldon Brown. Nice. Um, Mike, you want to tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, we watch and review horror movies. We talk about the things we like, we don't like. And if we feel that there's something missing, we often do like our, our own deleted scenes that, re- mm. that resolve a plot point. And uh, we just gush or crap over a movie and crack <laughs> jokes ranging from cute to, oh my God, he's really saying that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of like this show, but with a slightly different theme. Right. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Uh, and without yeah. John, so yay. <laughs> so yay. Nice. Very nice. All right, shall we go through the issue? Absolutely. All right, we've got, like I said, Donkey Kong Country in the cover. 
And they talk about being a whole new level of information. We've got Donkey Kong swinging down on a vine, reaching up the river for a banana. And uh, I've got Diddy right behind him, sort of giving nobody a high five in the air, about to jump <laughs> on a snake. And then there's another giant snake in the background looking very worried for some reason. Is that, that's a frog though, right? Is that the frog? Yeah, is that the a frog, frog is up. It's a frog. The oh, snake is on the bottom. Okay. I got yeah. He's not worried despite being about to, despite getting about to get stepped, stomped on. Oh, okay. I, I like, couldn't see the arms. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's the guy that you ride. Yeah. 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 Was anyway. his name Toadie or? I, I have no idea. Froggy? <laughs> don't lick. Yeah, I don't, did he Slippy? have a name? <laughs> don't lick me. Don't lick me. <laughs> That'd be funny if it was Slippy from Star Fox. This is like a crossover yeah, character. I love Slippy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we've got a little tag on here that says, Enter to win a Killer Instinct arcade machine. So I'm sure that's the uh, um, uh, Players Poll Contest. So mm. digging in here in the inside cover, we've got the advertisement for Nintendo Power with a child, angry child, uh, th- young man throwing a snowball right at the viewer's screen. Yeah, I, I'm seeing touches of yellow in there, so I think he's going nuclear. Oh. <laughs> well, this he's, going, he, he's going for the dirty snowball. I'll just attribute that to the fade of the magazine <laughs> before it was scanned. <laughs> but yeah, he looks angry enough to do it, though. He does. I mean, he's really got some, some issues he's got to sort through. I, I wouldn't put it past him. And uh, so this whole thing that they have on the right with this, this block of text uh, talking about uh, you've been you've been decent this year and for Christmas you should get what you deserve. Um, and it says something that will cause your friends to curse you, hate you and wish they could destroy you. And he says <laughs> you deserve a subscription to Nintendo Power Magazine. And they go on to talk about how great it is. So I like how they say, like, you should get what you deserve, not bun hugger underwear. And not a year's <laughs> worth of ballroom dance lessons. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. They want they want your friends to hate you, apparently. That's just such a weird <laughs> message to give to people. <laughs> maybe that maybe that's maybe maybe you are this reader and that's why your friends mm-hmm. giving you the dirty snowball. Because <laughs> you got Nintendo power and you ain't sharing it. And he's like, All right, you want to be a little shit? I'll show you a little shit. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Next page, um, you've got uh, what's insert. It's a little advertisement here, and I've actually got the full copy. I should probably scan it into you guys for the uh, Superpower Supplies catalog for winter 1994. Uh, I talk about getting it while it's cool. And there's a guy, I can't tell if he's on a, yeah, he's on a snowboard and wearing a Killer Instinct photoshopped uh, uh, beanie. Yeah, you're right. You know, I, I forgot that this existed. The. Super supplies. Yeah. The super power supplies. Huh. I, I just wonder why he looks like he's got the mumps. Yeah, he, his tongue is like pressed up against his face. Both of his Very cheeks. Intense. So I like. Very intense. <laughs> <laughs> he's got chaw on one cheek and his tongue on the other. That's <laughs> what you want on the slopes is this nice big old uh, thing of uh, tobacco to chew on. <laughs> mm, a fresh mountain air and some chaw on your cheek. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the style is Copen- a bunch of uh, Copenhagen. You deliver. That's right. The style is a bunch of cut up uh, uh, pictures overlaid on top of each other. So, table of contents for Super Nintendo. This is what we're covering this issue: Donkey Kong Country, Sparkster, Earthworm Jim, Sports Roundup, Final Fantasy III, Indiana Jones's Greatest Great Adventures, Super Adventure Island Two, Wild Snake, and then for Game Boy we have Contra: The Alien Wars. 
And then we also have special features on Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat 2, Illusion of Gaia, and an update on Space Invaders. And then down the bottom right, we have our Dick Nose Boy uh, wearing a hat that has a Game Boy on it. And <laughs> apparently it's a real Game Boy because it's plugged into uh, a game link cable to a Game Boy in his hands. I don't know how he's playing against his own hat, but... Yes, <laughs> it's the precursor to Mario Odyssey that you have like a living hat. <laughs> it's self-aware. No, <laughs> this is how Skynet starts. Okay. I, I, I think they wanted to relate to all the other 14-year-old boys who are probably playing with themselves, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, it's a secret message to them. <laughs> okay. Uh, next, next section is the player's pulse. And at the top, we have the artwork is a bunch of tubes with a which bunch of wires going through it. And there's colored fumes coming out of the wires and then kids kind of looking anxiously at all of this. And it's all spelled do you think, do you, do you think that this was their first representation of the Internet? I thought it was a, a reference to sticky bombs <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> like, look at all this, this weird, the, noxious stuff going on. Hmm? Does this change every issue? Um, yep. The- yep. They have balloons, bricks, uh, other stuff. Oh, cool. Yep, these change out every issue. They're different every time. All right, Mike, why don't you uh, read us the first first letter here from Andrew Holbrook. From Norfolk, Virginia. He says, Secret of Mana is an outstanding game. Andrew, you're already my kind of guy. I'm glad that you have given extended coverage to that game. When I first played it, I thought it was like a cross between A Link to the Past and Final Fantasy II. That's a good combination. The fighting and moving about resembles Link and the hit magic points, multiple characters playing at once, the large mysterious world and how the hero is banned from his home all resemble Cecil and his game. With this coverage, people who are having trouble getting to the Mana Fortress can see what's ahead and have something to look forward to. Players can also see the types of weapons and their strengths against enemies, too. Secret of Mana is a very challenging game, and I think it's worthy of a strategy guide. Mm. Clea, you want to take the next one here from Steven Massenheimer? Yeah, sure. I really love the expanded coverage on Secret of Mana. It's well written and the illustrations are top notch. I have only one regret though, and that's spending 15 bucks on the official strategy guide. I've enclosed the actual receipt as proof of my stupidity. I don't need it anymore. What I'm really trying to say is your coverage is just as informative, even a thousand times better. Whoa. Um, wow. So yeah, that's uh, they, they should have put Andrew in touch with Steven. <laughs> And then meanwhile, we've got an angry letter from Peggy Stone of Garden Grove, California, saying, I fully disagree with your editorial comment regarding how we should be enjoying our expanded coverage of Secret of Mana. What coverage? All you did was tell the story. You didn't give any help at all, with the exception of giving some information on three weapons. Whatever happened to dungeon maps, in this case palaces, or maps of the overworld, etc. The Secret of Mana coverage, while nicely laid out, is very disappointing. And they respond to this one saying, one of our main goals when we decided to give extra coverage to RPGs was to turn readers on to the fact that RPGs are cool. In Japan, RPGs are the best-selling games, but here they fit into a niche market. Many great RPGs have recently been released and many more on the way. Final Fantasy III should please just about every RPG fan. Even though a Secret of Mana coverage was not totally revealing, we wanted to show our support for the game in the RPG genre by covering the game in more detail than a normal game review would. Okay, Mike, you want to take the next one? Uh, well, I'm looking here at the Envelope Art oh, Showcase. Art as, 
Well, as always, they are fantastic. We get to see uh, Mario and the genie from Aladdin playing NBA Jam with Ryu and uh, Pat Ewing. And that is just amazing. And then we see this, I don't know what game this is, but we get to see this guy holding up a, a giant rock with these massive arms that are about five times his his regular size. And then we get to see Kraid from Metroid and then Kraid from Super Metroid uh, <laughs> shit-talking each other, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then we also get one with Ryu from Street Fighter, and I think it's Pit from Kid Icarus. And apparently Kid Icarus is in over his head as... You know, the real licorice was. He flew a little too close to Ryu, who's firing off a Hadouken at him. And then we get to see Mario twirling a basketball, looking all hip and fresh, while apparently he slam dunked a Koopa into the net, <laughs> while Bowser's just face palming. Which it's great to see all these things that are in the internet before the internet showed up. <laughs> it's like, man, the face palm has always been around. Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty funny. And then we get to see what appears to be the, the precursor to Smash Brothers with Sonic being about to get gang rushed by Kirby, Samus, Link, Mega Man, Mario, Yoshi, and Wario, who's rolling up his sleeves going, <laughs> 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 which is just fantastic. And then we get to see Mortal Kombat done with Taffy Monsters mm. from uh, Clay, yeah, Clay Combat. And then finally we get to see some, uh, like, if the guys from Mad Magazine drew Street Fighter with uh, some interesting artwork with, with Dulcim extending his arms around the entire envelope, uh, apparently through Guile's hair, <laughs> and Blank is on fire with, uh, who's the guy in the gray? Uh, Ryu. Oh, it's, it has to say Ryu because it doesn't look like... And yeah, and he's roasting a marshmallow over Blanca, who's on fire, which is uh, pretty funny. So, nice all in all, excellent artwork here. Mm -hmm. So, moving on to the next letter, Gerald W. Hawk from Richmond, Virginia says, "Recently, I was trying to get our seven-year-old son up to come, up to come to breakfast and get ready for school. I sat on his bed and told him that his breakfast was getting cold and he needed to get out of bed. He replied with his eyes closed, "I want to finish looking at my dream." I asked what he was dreaming about. He said, "Super Nintendo." <laughs> told him to turn it off and come to breakfast. He answered with his eyes closed, okay, just a minute, I still got two lives left. <laughs> wow. Nice. Cute story. Okay. <laughs> Clea, you want to only read the last one here? Yeah, sure. Uh, I will be moving to New Mexico around the 15th of July. My best friend, Case Munson, gave me a going away present the night before he left on a trip. Case said he'd, he'd leave my present on the doorstep before he left at 5 a.m., I woke up to find his newest Super NES game, Secret of Mana, at my feet. He didn't even beat the game. He had four different quests, each named as part of a sentence. The names were, I will miss you. Thank you, Case. Case, Case is it C-A-Y-C-E? Casey? Case? Casey, maybe. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. His name should be Playa because he knows how to play. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's some prime game right there. Yeah. And there's a different uh, photo here that's not related to the letters from Jonathan Robbins taking a picture with his Nintendo Power in front of the Mayan pyramids. So wow. it's kind of cool. I, I just don't understand, like, what would, what would, 
what would come over someone that they want to take a picture with their magazine in front of a, a thing? <laughs> I, well, we saw we saw well, in one of our earliest magazines. We had a grandmother holding up her Nintendo, her Legend of Zelda box. Yeah, not the At game the, itself, just the box on the Great Wall of China. Yeah, That's talking about how they love playing perfect. it. That's so, so weird. It's, it's kind of random, though, way eh, that they put that in there. I mean, I guess uh, they like to have as much in there yeah. as possible, but it's just it's kind of random. Anyway, yeah, they they show all <laughs> kinds of stuff that has related to, to, to fanboyism at the magazine. Yeah, I guess so. And then uh, oh. it's, got, it's got a little blurb down here about the 1993 Power Awards contest uh, winner, Maureen Wachowski from Guilford, Connecticut, won the Players Poll contest. And which was 25 Super NES games of her choice. And you can see her standing there with a giant stack of games and then another a photo with them. Um, they're all like a framed around her face. So she looks <laughs> extremely happy to have won 25 games. Uh, good luck playing all those uh, within a year <laughs> for the next contest. All right, let's move on to our featured game here. Donkey Kong Country. All right, so let's talk about uh, experience with this game. So, Clea, you said before we started recording uh, that you mm-hmm. just you just played this game a few days ago. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't finish. I got to uh, the second world, and um, it's funny because I remember when this came out. Just that that three D aspect of things was mm-hmm. so cool. Like you you'd never seen that before in any other game. I mean, at least I hadn't. So, uh, but looking at it now, it's definitely. It hasn't aged as well, mm. but you know, like it's still it still runs smoothly. It's fun, uh, you know, very straightforward platformer type of game. Um, mm. I'm sure that like if I if I continued playing, it would have got way harder. But uh, yeah, I just made it to the the second world and then stopped. Okay. But uh, yeah, I bought it right when it came out. Yeah, I uh, this is one of those games where um, I really wanted to get it for Christmas and I didn't get it for Christmas. So oh, no. I ended up buying it myself like the next year. Um, but yeah, I was like totally nuts about this game. Uh, a friend and I played it for hours and hours and hours, beating the game eventually. Yeah. And I remember writing a letter to Nintendo Power. Didn't make the magazine, unfortunately. Uh, but about, uh, hey, this is a great game. You guys should think about making another one. And they wrote back and I thought I had like, you know, this like information that nobody else had. They're like, well, keep a lookout for the sequel, which is coming out and it's going to have this and this in it. I was like, Oh my gosh, you're making another one. You know, I got so excited about it. Yeah. So, um, I know that, uh, we talked about this a little bit before with the design of the game. So what they ended up doing was they got these huge computers in, um, rares, um, campus in England to pre-render all these 3d graphics. So they designed them in, you know, AutoCAD or whatever uh, right. engine they had. They pre-rendered them, and they, they uh. basically churned out all the sprites um, for Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, all the enemies, levels, all that kind of stuff, so, which was all 3D. So it's not a 3D game. It's all pre-rendered 3D, which is kind of unique. I don't think we... I don't think this has been repeated much past the... at all past the Super Nintendo era. This is few games I think was all it was used for uh, and it was sort of like a half step between Super NES graphics and then like full 3D graphics it still looks better than than like the 64 as far as 3D stuff goes so it held up for quite a while and how they got the graphics onto the system was they just shoved a, a ton of RAM into the cartridges to be able to hold all the graphics 
So if you take a look at the behind the scenes marketing video, they show you the cart without the um, plastic, you know, uh, case on it. And there's just like, it's just chock full of memory. So they showed as much as they could in the cart and uh, that's how they got all the graphics uh, on it. So it's going through, it's going through all the, all the level coverage here. We've got, uh, it starts off it in uh, Donkey Kong's um, uh, jungle hut. I don't know what you call it. He's got like a little tree house and um, his horde of bananas has been stolen. As we talked about um, by King K. Rule and the Kremlins who are like uh, uh, crocodiles. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, so your mission is to go get your banana horde back. And that's basically, basically it. So it covers all the main areas. You've got Congo Jungle, which is the first area. Monkey Mines, that's the second area, and that's probably the most difficult part of the game, is the mine area, <laughs> uh, believe it or not. Then you've got Vine Valley, which involves a lot of swinging of vines. You've got uh, Gorilla Glacier, which is all snow-related, so involves a lot of slipping and sliding and jumping over bees and such. And you have Creme Croc Industries, Inc., which is sort of more industrial, and that's when you're in like the heart of the beast kind of thing. You're in the bad guy territory, and there's just a lot of instead of just random animals and stuff you gotta get past. They're all like um, the baddies, and it's all kind of underground and sea looking. Then you have uh, chimp caverns, which is self-explanatory. And then finally, the last stage is not really a world; it's just a level. It's the Gangplank Galleon, where you fight King K. Rule himself. And hope that you don't die because you have to then start over. So, <laughs> Mike, what's your experience of the game? You've been relatively quiet for this one. Well, I had a bit of a Skype glitch, so it just sounded like you were talking through a wind funnel in slow motion. So, oh, that's nice. <laughs> but my experience with the uh, Donkey Kong was, uh, I saw the coverage in the magazine, thought I'd rent it, friggin' loved it. And I needed the magazine explicitly to eventually beat King K. Rule because that guy was a bit of a challenge. Well, yeah. home, like many parts in the game were a challenge. Like it is not something where you just like you rent it in a single weekend and you're done. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's a lot to learn here. But it yeah. looks beautiful yeah. and sounded great. So it, it was like one of the best Super Nintendo experiences I've had. Wow. And there's a lot of uh, secrets that you can find in this game. I mean, it's just chock full of like little secret areas that you can trigger. Real mm-hmm. kind of old school style of, uh, you know, you find a secret entrance over here or you jump on this thing over there. And so there's sort of like these little bonus stages all over the place to get you more bananas, lives, uh, etc. to keep you going. So if you wanted to collect a whole bunch of stuff in this game, if you like collecting things in a game, then... Uh, Man, it has more than you can handle. And, yeah, uh, I remember. I remember there was one level. Now that I'm looking at these uh, these screen caps, there's one level in the ice, uh, the Gorilla Glacier world, and it was um, you're firing through a lot of uh, barrels, mm-hmm. and it's snowing really hard. And I think that one took me like a couple a couple days to finish. <laughs> Yeah, you get the timing just right to because yeah. like the barrel's like spinning, right? And you're inside. Yeah, and You exactly. gotta press a button to fire yeah. it up at the right angle to get across yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, those uh, are super stressful level. 
<laughs> like my palms are like sweating just like thinking about it. <laughs> Flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not a it's not an easy game, and and going back and playing with it and prep for this, what the one thing I find that doesn't hold up well, and this is this is like my opinion of, of most sort of uh, two and a half D platformers, is the edge detection is is weird to figure out. So if you're if you're you know all the edges have like this nice curve to them, they're rounded off. It doesn't look like a flat you know uh, corner ninety degree corner like it does in like a, a Super Mario game. Um, but it makes it harder to determine if you're going to land on it or not. You, you know, you try to judge your jumps and whatnot appropriately, and sometimes you don't get that edge detection and you just fall down. And right. it's just one of those yeah. learning curves that's kind of frustrating until you kind of figure it out. So yeah. that's one of those things where I don't think the game holds up very well. And then obviously the graphics are all raster, so they don't scale very well either. So looking at a giant HD, you know, uh, HD TV, not HD TV. Um, uh, it doesn't hold up as well um, because you can see all yeah. the pixelation. Yeah, that's how I was playing it recently too. So it didn't have the same magic as it did before, but um, I'm sure on my very old television set it looked much better. <laughs> yeah. The flaws yeah. aren't as evident on the older older screens. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. Yeah. Um, was there anything uh, else you want to talk about with this game? Sure. Uh, I had encountered when I was, uh, well, I still am big on uh, finding mashups, uh, which is, uh, you know, people take like two or three or four different musical tracks and mm-hmm. put them together into one song. And one guy who goes by the name Norwegian Recycling <laughs> made a uh, an entire album of Donkey Kong Country music mixed with like pop and top 10 and rap and hip hop music. And it's called Donkey Business. <laughs> and it's got the jungle theme mixed with the Wild Wild West. Uh, Eminem's Without Me mixed with the Brothers Bear music. The uh, Life Balloons with uh, I Wish It Was a Little Bit Taller. <laughs> As like, and like the way, uh, the way You Are mixed with the Blast Barrels music. Then uh, like other tracks called like Runaway Dixie, When Diddy's Gone, Billy Jean Kong. Jeez. Which is a, very creative. Which is like nice three or four puns, and then uh, irreplaceable mixed with the ending music. So nice. It's just really it's worth checking out. It's very well done. Hmm. I was so into this game at the age that I put my I know Mike had like the perfect setup, but I wasn't that that technical at the time. I took like my uh, my stereo, which we could record on cassette tapes, put it next to the television. And recorded like all the music onto my own like cassette tape and like, oh, wow. made artwork for the cover of it. And then I would go like you know on school school trips and whatnot and listen to that on the headphones on the bus rides. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. My, my I, I wish I had thought of that before. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that for many games. I you know I just, just sit there and wait for like the song to end, and I figured out okay, I'm gonna let it go for like three loops or whatever. Then I'm on to the next one kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I only did that for a few games. I did that for like Mega Man Two and oh, this yeah. one, and like another one, I think. It'd yeah, be but cool I to did. see what you did on the cover. Sorry, uh, anyway. yeah. I have to find it somewhere. It's in a box, I'm yeah. sure, in my garage. Yeah, what what I did with Secret of Mana was uh, something like that, except I just took the audio cables straight from the Super Nintendo or from the TV and plugged them right into a, a tape deck, so that there'd be no like echo or room distortion just 
straight from the unit to the cassette tape. And I recorded like themes and battle music from different video games like Final Fantasy and Secret of Mana. I even uh, hooked it up to the computer and got uh, stuff from Command and Conquer. So nice. I had a, a, a sweet little video game mixtape. Wow. It was high quality cassettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you had a, <laughs> hit a legit setup. So, all yeah, right, let's just I cover had, the. I had no reason to talk to anybody on that bus. <laughs> So we've, we talked about the, some of the helper characters you can, you can ride on. So we talked about uh, Rammy, the uh, rhinoceros. He rams things. All right, so the name of the frog, I finally discovered it, is Winky. Oh, right. Winky right. is the name yeah, of the frog. Yeah. Winky. And then yeah, because, yeah, yeah. The swordfish is, I thought it was Engard. It's, yeah, it's Engard. And then you have the uh, ostrich, and that's Espresso. Is the name of the ostrich? <laughs> Can we talk about this? The bad Donkey Kong, though, they call him Mankey Kong. Did you, have you seen this in Ice Age Alley in pages 16, 17? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at him. The first page I'm looking at, I'm looking at the bird, and the ostrich has sneakers. Yeah. Well, he runs fast. That's his thing. He doesn't fly. <laughs> yeah, so Mankey Kong, a cross between mangy and skanky. <laughs> Mankey Kong hucks barrels for a living. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you, so you have to fight your own kind. He looks, there's there's discord in the ape when there's discourse in the ape world. He looks like a less evolved version, like like a caveman <laughs> version, you know. And the Andorilla. Yeah, the Andorilla. <laughs> that's it. All right, I had nothing else for Donkey Kong Country. We ready to go on to the next game? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, moving on to Sparkster. Mike, tell us about Sparkster. Oh, this game, it's a mix between, like, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Ghouls and Goblins. Hmm. Hmm. Which sounds great, but it hits this one impossible wall very soon. Like, we see here uh, to the ship, and also, like, the controls are very weird. Like, you can only jump straight up and straight down. Like, you can't, like, stand near a ledge, jump, and think, like, oh, I'm going to get to it. Hmm. Until I figured out, like, the shoulder buttons makes you, like, do, like, a little burst Hmm. in midair. So you don't, like, you can't, like, fall to the side. You have to, like, blast to the side, which means you can overshoot some things. Hmm. So it's it's a possum that is a legion of rocket knights. So he's the the champion of the legion of rocket knights. He is a possum. (laughs) <laughs> this is very much uh, in line with the other sort of animated characters doing platformers of the early 90s. He's got like a, a rocket ship goggles and, and like full suit of armor and a, and a blade. Yeah. He's got a sword. It's the, the, the beginning doesn't have any words, and I didn't get to read Nintendo Power in advance. So I just started, and it's really weird because it shows this princess standing on top of this, this castle roof. And the king is like throwing his arms up and sweating profusely like he's like he's angry and he's charging at her. And I'm like, what is she going to like being threatened by her own father? And then the spaceship shows up above, beams her up and then the dad like turns red. And I'm like, (laughs) is he jealous that like somebody sniped his kill? Like, What's going on? (laughs) All right. I'm just going to run to the the washroom, uh, guys. Just one second. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so the first one, you get to, uh, well, 
it's also got like the same Castlevania syndrome where you can never clear an area. Mm. Like if you try to stick around, yeah, you try to stick around and like gather all these jewels to uh, get an extra life, and you, these things will constantly come from the side and bla- and just like charge the shit out of you. And then you come across this boss mechanape, which is too high to jump over, and he just like swings his limbs all over the place. So you are always going to be taking damage. So do you shoot something out of your sword, is it you, or is it a slashing? Do you jump you on slash, things? You, you slash your sword, and it like shoots like halfway across the screen with like a swipe. Hmm. So it's like you're like slat, you're like throwing air slashes. I got you. At wind. the enemies, you hit it with yep. wind. <laughs> yep, you're break, you're breaking wind. Oh, lovely. So the first boss, which looks cool and fights kind of neat, is the golden ghoul. And that's when you get on top of the ship and he like bursts through the ship, which is like a great strategy for a kingdom to like have your weapon smash through your other weapon <laughs> to attack some, to attack something small. Mm-hmm. So you end up beating this guy by like slashing his eye. And then the second stage, you end up fighting this this creepy crane, which is like a big like scavenger bot at this bo- at the bottom of this scrap pile. And it he's hard because depending on what he grabs, he will either grab a gun and shoot at you, which you can like dot, you can like jump above and under and like throw s- slashes at him, or he will just like grab this thing and start spinning it wildly like a pair of spiked barbells, and then you're dead because he will always be waving up and down too high for you to jump over, and if you to like miss your window to like slide under. Then he will just close in against the screen and just friggin' smash you to pieces. And then you go across this weird level, which was which is fun but incredibly frustrating, where you just run along this mess. You sit, you get on this ostrich mech, and then it just takes off at like friggin' roadrunner speeds, and just tears across this massive landscape, up mountains, across bridges, through a quarry. Until you come across this one guy who's got this weird, uh, well, it looks like he's like sitting in the head of a praying mantis robot thing. Mm -hmm. And he just charges at you. And it took me a good 20 minutes to figure out how to beat him. (laughs) Then you face this thing called a mechanipede. In which case you just like throw slashes and just tear him apart by breaking up his body. And then final stage for me was on the sea where you have to hit this room that constantly floods. And it was the big, like the last thing they cover here and they don't even tell you how to beat it. It's just that you end up getting pushed. Like you run across this, this chamber and then it bursts. A wall of water comes after you. And then it just throws you into a wall of spikes. So you have to like dash as quickly as you can to jump up and like the uh, what's those things in submarines that uh, stop water? Hull? Like dead lo- deadlocks or something? Like <laughs> water gates or something? I don't know. Yeah. Doors. Yeah. Then the se- yeah. So then the <laughs> seal closes behind you. Portals. And then immediately, fuck. And then it immediately bursts. As soon as it seals, so like it gives you really next to no time to run, because as soon as the door closes, you think, "Okay, this gives me a minute." No, it gives you point zero zero two seconds, 
and then it bursts, and then you've got the same wall pushing into another wall of spikes, and you do this about four or five times. It's like somebody played the Quick Man level of Mega Man and thought that laser scene could be a little more fucking challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Not hard enough, huh? No. Apparently they just thought, this is child's play. I only beat it in two days. We need something that'll make these people last on this game. And it did not last on me. I was on it for about a good 45 minutes of trying to figure out, even with save states, like get past the one chamber, save, and then dash. And then it just, but the last one, it just keeps getting like quicker and quicker. And it's like, I cannot even keep up with this. This is like, Someone just decided we've already combined Sonic and Ghouls and Goblins. So how about we take one level and we'll just combine Quick Man from Mega Man and the, and the tunnel scene from Battletoads. Hmm. <laughs> Let's just do that. Because we, we hate our fans. <laughs> and they wonder why Sparkster has and they wonder why the Sparkster franchise never took off. <laughs> I mean, I never heard of it uh, before, you know, outside of this magazine, but I have played the ROM a little bit. It plays pretty well, uh, and the graphics are really good. You didn't get to that point, though, did you? I, yeah. Well, the graphics are really <laughs> nice. Obviously, didn't get that far in the game. I played it for like two minutes tops, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's like Batman. It's like the Dark Knight. You either die a good game or you live long enough to realize it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you remember Sparkster at all, Clea? No, no, I'd never even heard of it. Um but it looks like a game that I would have been into. Mm-hmm. Uh, although difficulty, I, I feel like at that point in my gaming life, I just wasn't very good in general. So mm-hmm. like maybe I would have given up quite early. Like uh, games like uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, I just, I didn't make it past like the second level. So right. this might've been too hard for me. Not sure, but it looks oh, very yeah. cool. It looks very, very cool. You play those games and think, you look so good, you play so good, why you gotta do me dirty? <laughs> yeah, well, All right. a nice looking game though, yeah. Let's move on to the next game. They're they're giving us another yet another preview, so it's not still not coverage, I don't think, uh, of Killer Instinct. So it's, it's talking about the uh, arcade game coming out and telling us, for some reason, the top right says Ultra 64 exclusive, which is not true. I want to correct that since uh, Mike and John did not. Killer Instinct came out for the Super NES and later came out for the N64 as Killer Instinct Gold. So I don't know why they said it's exclusive to the L64, but that's not true. I like the fact that they're giving us arcade controls, which, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, which the Ultra 64 did not have. Yeah, they're, they're, they're talking about the, still the arcade machine still and telling us about moves you can do. Um, they, they they know they're in Nintendo magazine, right? <laughs> they, well, this is technically a Nintendo game. It's a it's a game made by Rare but published by Nintendo for arcades and then ported over for their two systems. So I don't have a whole lot to say about the coverage here. It, it's just sort of giving you some, some really basic tips about various characters. But this when we talked about game music, this is one game where I actually purchased the CD from the uh, Game Supplies catalog. Oh right, yeah. I I think I, I think I might have done that too. You know, I, I my memory is a little foggy on that, but uh, yeah, the music was pretty cool. It's all yeah, it's all like electronic uh, music that uh, has like no um, vocals to it, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just like 
I don't know. It was fun to listen to, uh, even outside of the the game. Yeah. So we'll get to more coverage on this uh, when it when it comes out for the Super NES. I'm sure. Let's move on to the next game here. It is the one, the only Earthworm Jim. So Earthworm Jim uh, is a, it's a property of Shiny Entertainment, and I can't remember the guy's last name, but I think his first name is Doug, uh, who created Earthworm Jim. And uh, he basically did it out of spite, I think, because his wife hated him. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. Give us more. <laughs> I just remember seeing some interviews with him from the uh, cartoon where he's like, oh, I, anything my wife doesn't like, I know it will be popular with the kids. So that's why he has a snot uh, as, his, as his like sidekick. Oh, my God. Was this the same guy behind Boogerman? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. He was like a comic book artist, basically, and came up with the concept. And I think he must have sold it to or sold the idea to Shiny Entertainment. And they made a couple of really good games for both Super NES and Genesis, same game on both. And uh, you've got a, basically a, an earthworm landed in a super suit. And it's, it's this really buff, muscular suit. And you've got a worm sticking out of it with big eyes and teeth. And... Um, this game is, is fun to play through, and uh, one of the first things you can do is try to fire off your, your gun, and he fires it off like a movie hero would do, which is unlimited ammunition in all directions, and uh, Jim has this really, you know, angry-looking face, you know, like he's shooting in the mm-hmm. air, and uh, there's all kinds of, of clever comic book-style animation in here. Um, it's all very humorous. And one of the one of the first things that you can do in the game, and they show you here on I think it was page uh, twenty nine, is there is a fridge hanging over a a ledge which ha- just happens to have a a large uh, tree limb um, sticking out, and the other end of the tree limb is a cow. So if you manage to shoot just right and to make the fridge fall on the tree branch, you can send the cow flying into the air. <laughs> it's this big <laughs> cow tipping got nothing on this mm-hmm. <laughs> all the cool kids are now cow launching yeah and then uh, one of the other things you can do is you can climb on um, ropes and chains and stuff using your head as as sort of like a monkey's tail would and so he can still <laughs> shoot and whatnot using his hands while using his head to swing which is a really cool uh, animation and uh, concept and um, what what else is cool about this game? All the art looks very comic book-like, uh, comic book-slash-cartoon-like. Uh, they even had a cartoon of Earthworm Jim, which was hilarious, and I loved it. And I can I could even recite the 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 uh, um, uh, theme song for you if you wanted me to. Oh yes, because I remember that like Earthworm Jim from the soil he did crawl. Earthworm Jim, a super suited <laughs> crawl. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes, what? Jim was just a dirt eating, blah, 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 blah. But all that can cool a crashing end. Earthworm Jim. He's such a silly guy. Earthworm Jim. Our hero for all time. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Very That's zany. Yeah, it's a very zany cartoon. This whole <laughs> thing is like wacky. How, yeah. Like, we get to see it in one of the first close-ups of Jim. Like, you just think, how would a worm stay in his suit? Like, again, like, why would a worm have arms or anything? And then you get to see, like, right at the beginning, you see his face. And in the neck of the suit, you see his body is, like, all wrapped up in a bowl. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like his body is telepathically con- controlling the rest of the suit. Mm-hmm. Which is all just like, this is a weird hell of a game <laughs> with, with fantastic artwork. Like there's a guy, like a redneck with a beard of slime. And it is, you can see like fish bones in like his slime beard mm-hmm. while he's gnawing on a drumstick. <laughs> and he's got hair that looks like freaking tree branches coming out of his shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gross. Yeah, and then we get to see a cat who, like, it's like the art, like the artist here was definitely inspired by Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they go through all the levels. Uh, the 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 concepts for the characters are awesome. Um, I like the one that has the fish in a bowl. Uh, it's just a big goldfish in a bowl that's being carried around by a cat that looks like a big beefy zombie cat. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just really creative, uh, and and uh, it's fun to play. It, I would, if you haven't played it, it's very it is challenging. It's not terribly forgiving, um, so good luck getting through the game. It's still fun to play though. Oh, but, uh, uh, we're, we're, oh, down the tubes has names like Jim Cousteau. Hepcat, and the and you the the boss is a hamster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I thought that, that was the boss. It says you yeah. can ride the the hamster. Oh, it says it's okay, spe- well. take a special kind of hero to ride a giant rodent bareback in Jim Fisher Hill. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So so where is funny. the boss on this thing then? That's the cat with the or the the, the fish in the bowl with the uh, cat. Oh yeah, like the the catfish master blaster combo. Yes. That's it. And then what's this, this snot a problem? You fight a giant snot booger? <laughs> With so a buzz guess, cut. Maybe, the, the, maybe I'm remembering the sequel that has... Uh, Jim wears a backpack at some point that has uh, his, his faithful sidekick, Snot, uh, that acts like a parachute. That must be in the sequel I'm thinking of. Uh, these inserts are great. Like You get to see like one that's just like Jim's eyes. And just an allusion to what the boss is, you get to see these massive cat eyes. Mm-hmm. Like just to let you know that Jim's a little out of his league, and then like there's one boss or guy who's just got Jim in his teeth. <laughs> like Jim got got. Yeah. So it looks like they're gonna they're gonna go more through the, the later levels in the next issue. It looks like uh, we get to talk about Professor Monkey for a head. Oh, and uh, the re- yeah the reason that the snot guy has a buzz cut is because his name is Major Mucus. So he's so he's military phlegm. <laughs> nice. All right, let's go to the, to the uh, midway points, which is the uh, fold-out poster for Demon's Crest, coming it's soon to like your a, from Capcom. Yeah. Hmm? Well, there's like this isn't like halfway mark. This is like one third mark. The one third mark. Yeah, because we're at like forty pages out of one hundred and twenty. Oh, well, true. Um, Unless you want to cut it off here, anyway. This is—I mean, I always think that the poster is a good place to do it, but we can do it after the sports scene if you like, because I don't have a lot to say about it. Okay. Let's talk about Demon's Crest though first. So, Demon's Crest, I think, is the third or fourth game in the um, uh, series. Oh gosh, I'm not remembering Gargoyles Quest. Yeah. It's this. It's the same series, but now it's for Super NES coming to you from Capcom. I don't know why they don't uh, keep the same numbering or naming scheme. 
It's just one of those things from marketing, I think. It's like, well, no one knows that game because it's for Game Boy. You know, how are they going to have known to play the first one or the second one that was for Nintendo? Just rename it. You know, it's the same character and level design. I guess it's like the first one for each system. Yeah. Gargoyle's Quest was for the Game Boy. Gargoyle's Quest 2 was for the Nintendo. And now Demon's Quest is like the first game for for the Super Nintendo. So, right. I guess that's like their their reasoning for not numbering them. I guess, yeah. The Nintendo one was good, though. That was a fun game, so I'd like to see if this one measures up. They're all good. I mean, I haven't played this one, but I mean, it's a pretty... It's Capcom platformer. You can't really go wrong. I can't remember this at all. I feel like... So it's just this the, This character that is the main character, yeah? The, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I remember the poster, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a decent platformer. You you can glide and grab onto edges like that. Yeah. And it's got some RPG elements to it as well. All right. So we'll go through the sports scene and we'll cut off the halfway mark here, we'll call it. So John's not here, so I'm going to have to fumble through here for the sports scene from (laughs) uh, Lousy Ball. uh, Or or Lousy Ball? Lousy Ball is our uh, author here telling us about uh, NBA Live uh, 95 from EA, which is one of the first NBA Live games that uh, series is still going on today. And this is because uh, EA got the license for the basketball games at some point. And uh, meaning they only can make NBA games at a certain point and shove everyone else out. (laughs) So isn't that great? (laughs) You limit your options. And they have a fake uh, ad in here for the Air Hydraulic, which is a tennis shoe that has uh, hydraulic parts in it. It's got a kind of machinery through a cutout uh, basketball shoe here saying, soar above the competition. Patented pneumatic lift assist springs will rocket you to the uh, basketball stratosphere. Not responsible for ceiling damage. (laughs) Or concussions. Yes. Cute. (laughs) Well, so. well, they they got to catch up to football in the concussion quota, so mm-hmm. this is how they did it. NBA Live again is is the one that has the uh, um, isometric uh, angle, which is never popular. It's always confusing to play, so I would say avoid that. Get NBA Jam instead. Uh, moving on for racing, we've got uh, let's see here, Michael Andretti's IndyCar Challenge racing game which uses the Mode 7 graphics and has a nice little intro that, that uh, goes around all the cars in, in kind of a 3D view. And uh, it, you can play it two players. So it's got, a am sure, a career and a versus mode. And it's got 16 racetracks. So if you like <laughs> F1 racing and you like Super Nintendo, well, this could be for you. And they mm-hmm. have a fake advertisement here for the IndyCar Yoshi. And it's got, it's a sticker? So sticks right it's to suction your, cups. Sticks right to your F1 windshield to block out all those annoying other drivers. And those pesky walls. <laughs> so, what, so you can't see? Is that what the deal is? Yeah, I guess it's like blinders for a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it just, but it's all, you can look at the cards like in the front, but you can't even see forward. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible idea. <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> and then for the, uh, then we get to see Blades and Pucks. When you talk about street hockey, 1995. I don't know. If it's got no leagues, I don't see it really going anywhere. Oh, my gosh. The okay. graphics on this, it's literally like a like someone took a picture of like a parking lot and put sprites on top of it. 
<laughs> they say street hockey. They're talking about street hockey. <laughs> and we get to see a beautiful comic saying, hey, figure skater boy, you sure can't skate. And then you're like, it's like in those same Charles Atlas things where like uh, some guy gets bullied and then you work out and then you end up being the bully because, you know, that's how advertising works. Vengeance is the best medicine. So we get to see the 90-pound the, the weakling getting elbows, getting getting palm slammed in the face. And his girlfriend says, hey, that was a cheap shot. He's like, oh, quit it. That hurts. And the guy's like, got like a helmet on for some reason saying, hey, shut up, you little hockey punk. And then it shows him kicking over like a can or something. And he goes, gosh, darn it. I've had enough of playing inline hockey by the rules. This book, Cheap Shots Made Easy, should get me a goal for sure. And then, like, reading a book on dirty playing has somehow buffed him up completely. And now he's real Charles Atlas again saying, all right, now I'm the new bully on the court. And then it shows him slamming a guy in the throat with a hockey stick <laughs> while his girl's on a blanket on the ice or something or on the street just looking and smiling. And he's like, choke on my cheap shot, sucker. Who's laughing now? It's <laughs> a dark. This this is beautiful. <laughs> this redeems the whole hockey section. <laughs> um, we did pass by. I wanted to mention Al Unser Jr.'s Road to the Top. And the reason why it's interesting, it's a racing game. But uh, you basically follow Al Unser's uh, uh, career, starting with go-karts and moving your way up to uh, real cars. So it's, it's pretty interesting. He, he can drive different cars, including go-karts uh, in that game. Huh. And then uh, for... Football, they're talking about uh, uh, ESPN Sunday Night NFL, but they basically say it's not as good as the Madden game. Madden NFL 95, the Madden series, is, is sort of the football game that, that uh, NFL fans like to play. So get that one You instead. know, they really could have used NFL Jam. That would have been a good series. That would, that have, been would have been a nice game. Speaking of uh, NBA Jam competitors, we've got a game called Jam It from Virgin Games. Where it's a street basketball game. Graphics look okay, but it is uh, not NBA Jam, so avoid. <laughs> and then we've got uh, another racing game, which looks like, is this bikes? Like bicycles or motorcycles? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the guy's legs aren't uniform on the ground, so it looks like he's like pedaling instead yeah. of just like, it's like, a, just, like resting. This is called... Yeah, you'll find yourself pedaling furiously over rough 3D courses... Yeah, I'm say rough. It's rough to look at. It says you must defend yourself from the other riders as well, and there's a punching option that turns the cup into a brawl. The tour de grunge. <laughs> yeah, I've got a uh, um, let's see here. It's called uh, Cannon Cannondale Cup, and it's got all the kind of wacky wacky riders. I can't read that far down. Can you zoom in, Mike, and tell me what those players are you can play as? Mystery Mark Gullickson, Frank Roman. Missy Grove, Tinker Juarez, Miles Rockwell, Allison Sidor, and Mountain Demon. It's just literally a demon, the green demon. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like Major Mucus got into the real world. And the first guy is kind of like the Stig, but uh, for for bicycling. You know, and Miles Rockwell. Miles Rockwell is basically Batman. If he like took into if like Bruce Wayne had to become a bike courier. This is such an odd game. I feel like you need to play it for the taste test. 
All right, let's go ahead and end our, our halfway mark here. Um, I want to thank uh, Clea for, for taking the time to be with us on the show. Thanks so. for having me, guys. <laughs> and uh, so you can, you, you can tell, you can reach out to her if you want to, uh, cleaforker.com. You can find all of her art and uh, business there. And if you'd like to, to support us, you can find us on facebook.com slash playingwithpower and reach out and, and message us. You can go to iTunes and leave us a review. Just search for Playing With Power Podcast and well, we'll appear. You can also go to our website and find old issues on playingwithpowerpodcast.com. And if you'd like to support the show and become a Patreon donor, you can do so at patreon.com slash playingwithpower. You will be eligible for Patreon-exclusive content, including just released the Beerio Cart uh, special, where myself, Ben, John, and a friend of ours, Dan, uh, are drinking heavily and playing Mario Kart. So you can enjoy that if you're a Patreon uh, donor. And uh, you can also find Mike at GetThePower88 on Twitter. And Mike, what else you got? Well, we got The Graveyard Shift, which is the aforementioned horror movie podcast where we watch amazing horror movies and then we gush about them, do like a little like, dislike. Uh, we talk about the production notes, interesting trivia, and then maybe we do a little skit or two. And we talk about like our favorite kills. It's a, a nice little commentary on the horror, on the horror film genre as a whole. And uh, that's at the Graveyard Shift Horror with Sheldon and Mike, because there's a couple of other places called the Graveyard Shift, but they don't update just like they're playing with powers. Let them mm-hmm. update, and yet they're still beating us in the iTunes rankings. So I'm trying to figure that out. I don't think the iTunes search engine optimization works. <laughs> now they should they, they should they should need they should add something called the relevance algorithm where I know. if if they're not updating then you know just assume they're dead or at least slow right yeah Google, and, rewar- and reward us for being frequent Google got has it right you know they've got their search engine criteria right but I guess you would expect them to have it right oh I have a by the way I know Clea doesn't want to hear about this part but I have a bone <laughs> to pick with you sir. So now, reportedly, the graveyard shift, they've only, what, five episodes in? They've already been sent two topless photos from fans. Okay, I've been doing this for like two years almost for the Playing With Power. Not one email with any photos. No, not one. Not even a dick pic. Not even, yeah, not even a, a fat guy come on, with, come on, the, Peter with man breasts. So let's, come on, let's <laughs> make us look bad now. They've gotten two already. Maybe we just, haven't even been, we haven't even been out for a month and we've already got two groupies. I know. Which what is, the hell? Which is, hey, I finally nailed. I finally nailed a good idea for a show. I think it's the horror movie thing. I think that's what it is. It attracts that type of uh, listenership. If you build it, they will take their top off. Instead of yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm still waiting. All right. Challenge out to all our to our fans. There you have it. Lay it down. If you want to email us, blame on power podcast at gmail.com. We'll all we'll appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben. <laughs> I'm Mike. And now you're playing with power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing with power.